Hey folks, this is uh, Gene Mims, Trevor Loving Good, and Jeff Mims, the 204060 podcast. Glad you're joining us. Thank you for all the helpful and hopeful comments you've been giving us. We really enjoy that, and we enjoy chasing down some of the things that you've been uh, asking. Uh, we were just thinking about the old 204060 um, uh, uh, generations. In 1950, this is baseball season, by the way. It's in full swing. I'm certainly hoping my Cubbies will win again this year, uh, one out of a thousand uh, years. I don't know, you know, probably not going to win, but we're, we're always hopeful anyway. But uh, in 1950, the rookies of the year, probably American and National League, Walt Droppo. Who's ever heard of them? <laughs> Poor Walt, you know, who, Walt Droppo. And Stan Jethro. That sounds like a made-up name, but he was a – one of the rookies of the year. Man, that's just quite interesting. In uh, 1977, a little more familiar name, some Hall of Famers, Eddie uh, Murray, Baltimore Orioles, great slugger for many years. And Andre Dawson, oh my goodness, you know, he was a, he was a great uh, hitter and fielder and what outfielder, whatever. In uh, Trevor's birth year, 1990, we think it's his birth year. He changes this from uh, podcast to podcast, but today it's 1990. And so uh, Sandy Alomar Jr., a great second baseman. You know, he played for the Cubs, I believe, as a matter of fact. And David Justice, many years outfielder for the Braves and the Cleveland Indians. Um, so th- th- that's, quite a, that's quite a span of time from two guys we don't know to two guys we do know, four guys maybe, that we really, really do know. Today we talk about transitions. How hard is it to transition leadership uh, it's hard to transition. We know it's hard, uh, but uh, how hard is it, and what's a good way to do it? Uh, let me let me just start with an experience I had when I was in my teen years. I worked on a farm, and uh, in my teen years, I worked on a dairy farm. And a dairy farm is a very intense uh, enterprise, and not like a lot of other farming, because uh, twice a day you're milking cows, and you don't have much time to do the other stuff like men fences do your business work or whatever else. And uh, I worked for a man who was in his uh, late 60s. He had four sons. One son had, had already left home and was a uh, uh, worked for the Virginia State Police. One son left home and had his own farm. And he had two younger sons who had no interest whatsoever in that farm. And he was trying to transition leadership, and he was absolutely up against the wall and couldn't do it. Uh, he, it was either the farm stops you know, one day I quit doing all this and I just retire, or uh, I've got to go find somebody, but who am I going to trust with my land, you know, the things. I, and I remember thinking about this in my teen years, right up to the time I graduated high school and went off to college. And uh, I worked for him a little bit uh, in my college years, but I thought, boy, this is really, this is a problem that can't be solved. He wanted to solve it with his family, but he couldn't solve it. I think every leadership transition has a lot of uh, lot of problems to it, whether it's a church or whether it's a business, uh, whether it's you know a corporation or, or, or a baseball you know manager, a football team, or whatever else. I think it's uh, really and really uh, tough. So let's get some perspective going here. I'll, I'll come. I'll cycle back to that. But Jeff or Trevor, what what do you guys think about that? Uh, leadership transition for me is not something that I've seen a ton. Like I haven't experienced it a lot myself personally, but I guess I've seen it quite a bit. Um, I think what's funny about my generation is 
everyone, uh, I would say that a lot of us want to be leaders. Like we think that we should be leaders immediately, and it's not necessarily something that you get immediately, you know. And if you have to say that you're a leader, you probably aren't the leader in the room, mm-hmm. you know. But if everyone else says it's your leader, you you probably are the leader in the room. So, um, yeah, it's. I feel like I don't know if you said this or if someone else told me this recently, um, but this this idea of just saying oh, we'll see, we'll see. Like yeah. your potential is what it is, and we can talk about your potential. We can see where you're maybe going, but we'll see. And uh, I'm, we can talk about it more. We can keep going on the journey. But if you really want this, it's out there. Um, but it may not be right now for you. So I don't know. That's just kind of the perspective of a maybe of a 20 year old about it. Yeah, I think as you're as the person kind of sitting in the middle of of the of the age brackets in the room, it is. It is a funny thing to be in your 40s and kind of realize that by and large that word that Trevor just used, potential, is not used about you anymore. Hmm. You know, it, it it's you're kind of go, you're kind of growing into whatever that potential was. You're you're there, and uh, there's a person in the room um, helping us with the recording who once said to me, "Potential means you haven't done anything yet." And there's some there's some truth in there too. You have you may have the ability to do it. But I guess in talking with you through the years, one of the things we've talked about is how by the time you hit your 40s and then specifically your 50s, that's that's really kind of that sweet spot. And so it's funny to build your whole life up to kind of not not that it's building up to a decade, but it kind of does build, build up to a decade where in your 50s you're exacting all of the tools that you've used and acquired to be able to lead in some way. So I'm kind of I'm kind of interested in the middle. I think that leadership uh, term, that leadership word, is uh, a lot of times misapplied. Uh, every leader has a management role. Management are, includes the details, the functions, the stuff that you have to do uh, to get whatever organization it is you know, down the road a little bit. And then there's a leadership role where you, you gather people under a vision, you communicate that vision, you inspire uh, people to do whatever. But a lot of uh, leading in, especially in a church or uh, in a smaller enterprise or business, uh, is really managing. You're just managing people to do what you've uh, decided needs to be done. The work has to be done. You can be the greatest leader in the world with all kinds of ideas and philosophies and whatever, but can people understand the work that needs to be done to fulfill the dream, the vision, uh, the goal, you know, the commission, whatever, whatever, you know, whatever that happens to be. But when you start talking about transitioning and leadership, most leaders can't really define for themselves uh, how they lead and the effect they have on people. They just either know it's happened or it hasn't happened. And then when you try to replace yourself, or if you're on a committee or a, or a group of people or a board of directors and you try to replace the leader and then institute some transition when you have varying leadership styles, because typically what happens is that uh, a group of people will say, well, we've had X leader. He's been an X leader. We, we need to go Y here. But how do you put those people in transition at, you, without conflict? It's mm-hmm. very, very, uh, very, very difficult. And if you don't have an agreed upon vision or whatever else. But I'd like to get back to what Trevor says about uh, people who want to be leaders. Why, why, do you think that, uh, why do you think young people want to be leaders? It seems like the leader in the room I, makes all the decisions, makes all gets the credit, gets the the glory, so to speak, right? So the the leader gets the 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 honor, whatever. Um, the more that I've realized uh, 
the more that I've been thinking about leadership or or having to do it myself and and getting other people to be leaders or whatever, the more that I'm realizing that leadership is actually something to uh, you don't really always desire. Once you have the leadership, you don't want it anymore. Almost like I'm I'm good with like less leadership because I understand how hard it is or how much falls on me. Uh, but I think that a 20 year old may want uh, to be a leader based on uh, who they look up to the most is probably the leader, a leader. Um, they, that person makes the most money. That person is the most successful. They are the, uh, yeah, they're the, the, the number one, so to speak. I feel like a le- leader is seen as the, the winner of the group or thing or whatever. CEO, right? That's who we see as a leader, a president of a company we see as a leader. So I guess we see those people and it's like, let's get there immediately as a 20 year old. Um, how, so how can I start my own company? Like entrepreneurship, I think is massive for 20 year olds because they all want to be their own boss. So like a boss is a leader. So let's just be the boss. I think that's the kind of what I was talking about. You can't imagine how much management and details detail are, are involved in uh, doing anything entrepreneurial and starting yeah, totally. it for yourself. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. Because, uh, number one, you're not leading anybody but you. Yeah. I mean, there's nobody following you. You just started on your own. And whatever whatever it is that you're going to do, if it's a service thing, if it's a ministry, if it's writing or whatever, it's just you. Yeah. So you're thinking, I, I want to be the leader. Yeah, really? Well, um, leading what and leading who? You know, and so you don't necessarily want to be a part, say, of a corporate thing or uh, maybe a church thing, multi-staff kind of thing. But uh, leadership is uh, is kind of interesting. So, what about for the forty year olds? What, what what do you think about uh, people in your generation? Not just in church, but people you know uh, in reference to leadership. What what do you th- what do you think? Well, I guess I mean the, the the hard part kind of is all what we've been talking about is that you 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 may have moved up in an organization by the time you're in your forties. You may have you may have been placed with increasing responsibilities as you have that but what you've just said uh the glamour of of leadership uh is it's quickly lost when you're in the middle of those details and it it become it becomes a, a lot of work that you're is now on your plate as you're thinking about a larger scope of the organization and maybe feeling that weight of responsibility uh it goes home with you or whatnot because it just has to and I don't know that you're necessarily prepared for that uh, unless you've had, you know, uh, kind of step-by-step rises in your leadership. I would hate to think we've talked about sometimes, even in church leadership, some folks in their early 30s where it just feels like uh, they planted a church or they've done something and they just hit. I mean, it just it just hit. And what's waiting on the other side that you don't know? You, I think you've said a lot of times that the danger is you don't know what you don't know. Well, that's true, and uh, I, I think a lot of times uh, people people put upon leaders who are initially successful sort of a mantle that they think lasts forever, and a lot of times it really doesn't. Uh, one of the saddest things in ministry that I've seen for years has been the quicker eyes of uh, men and women uh, who've who've done well early on, got a following. And then just, you know, after about 20 years, just sort of uh, uh, go by the wayside, flame out, you know, have moral failures or whatever else. And uh, the little dictum that I have uh, 
shared for years is that you know your gifts may take you where your character can't keep you and uh, when you when you start talking about leaders and developing leaders i think a lot of leaders have a lot of native leadership abilities uh, but they don't have the ability to to grow in that because they don't have any character mm. uh, and what I, I don't mean they're immoral i mean they, they haven't de- their character hasn't developed so that, that it influences their skills. Like ref- it hasn't been refined by the pressures that you go through as you work through. Yeah, be- because a lot of times they don't realize what's not going on underneath them. Hmm. You know, so they have numbers, or they have in business. You might have, you might have the success in in terms of dollars or recognition and all this kind of stuff, and you don't know what's not going on uh, beneath you. Uh, and so I think that's tough. Let's talk about transitioning leaders, though. I think that's. Uh, that's you know that's sort of a challenge that every leader faces. One of the weights, uh, the weights that you have as a leader, is uh, projecting into the future uh, and realizing there's a future when you're not there. Mm. You know, there's a potential where the future where you're you're just not going to be there, and uh, that's that's more you know my pressure in my generation than say Trevor or you. But uh, but how, how do you how do you see that? What what would be some of the things that uh, that you would say would be important uh, in transitioning leaders? I'll I'll go first since I probably know the least about it. <laughs> Might as well go first with that kind of information. Um, I think maybe the most most important things that I've seen is uh, one: if you're the leader trying to trans help the transition, like you're the one in charge or you're the one in the position and you're trying to get someone to be in a bigger position, take on more leadership roles, um, you have to think about how do I replace myself maybe and like what can I, uh, what can I encourage them to do and for them to be themselves and uh, and at the same time walk, kind of walk with them step by step on how to get there Um, and really try and instill in them uh, what you've learned. So, um, yeah, it's very personal. I think the transition period is. It's very personal because you're trying to uh, connect with that person and pull them along mm. um, with you. And so, I, I guess I would try and I try to think about how do I replace myself? How do I get the best qualities that I have and get the best qualities that they have and kind of combine that um, in the next leader? And uh, and maybe not even tell them that they're going to be in a leadership role, but. Uh, but build them up before and then help them realize, oh, wow, I am, like, I have the qualities. I am the leader. Um, that's just kind of just something simple that I've learned from what little knowledge I have. I'd say two two resources. One is, uh, I believe his name is Robert Clinton's book called Christian Leadership. If you're in Christian leadership, you ought to read it because he, he essentially outlines some principles in there that have to do with not only leading an organization, but developing yourself as a leader and then developing leaders behind you. And the premise of the book is that Christian leaders' number one task is to develop Christian leaders. Uh, that That's strong. Uh, and and I don't know if that, I don't know if that's a well-known, I don't know that that's a well-known book or not. I, I don't even know, but it's a solid book. Uh, the other one would be Good to Great, uh, where that's a secular book where Jim Collins talks about um, the companies that made it had leadership planning on their mind uh, in, in the future. One piece of advice that I would give uh, that was given to me as we were walking through our own transition came uh, from Doug Randlett. He's uh, former executive pastor of Thomas Road Baptist Church. And and one thing that Doug said was, uh, your, your pressure in this is going to be to hold yourself back as the emerging leader 
and not overstep your bounds until the mantle is placed on you. Because if people sense that you're snatching the mantle from the leader to try to exert yourself, they will never respect you and never follow you. And uh, that is hard. It, it is hard when you feel like you need to maybe step up in a decision, but maybe it's not fully yours yet, and you're, you're trying to work through that. Uh, but that kind of leads me to a question for you is, is it, is it possible to have any leadership transition that doesn't have maybe at the bottom line at least tension? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, before I really answer that question, one of, the, one of the pressures I think of a leader that you don't often understand is that your organization is going to develop and there are going to be changes that are going to come that you cannot anticipate that will change you as a leader. And if you don't have the skills to change or the ability to change or the willingness to change, uh, you, you'll put a focus on your organization and maybe what it could be, it will never be because you're so focused on making it this. I've made this mistake. I, I, I know what I'm talking about here. We're going to do this. This is all we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And then you try to transition to that and then it doesn't work. And so you, so that, but getting back to the, the tension that you're talking about, uh, uh, I think what we would say, we live in that tension every day now. You know, we're co-pastoring now, and uh, I wake up in the morning with just just sort of the opposite thing. Uh, I'm thinking, you know, I'm trying to pass this mantle, uh, and I'm not I'm not reluctant to to give it away. I just don't know how much to give it away, and I don't know how much to support this and whatever. Uh, I can't imagine doing that with a stranger. Hmm. You know, you and I obviously, uh, you know, know love, respect, trust, and all that each other. And uh, there are some ouches that come along, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you'll come in and say, hey, I talked to so-and-so and we did this. And it's like, oh, well, wh- wh- wait a minute. Sure. You know, it always works out, but you just feel that. I mean, you can't, you can't help but well, It wouldn't have been maybe it. the way that you would, right. have, would have done it. And, and that, is, that is difficult. I, and I can't – I guess one of the things that's tough is that even a leader that you've groomed in your own home isn't you. You know, oh, no. yeah, and, we're, and we're so, so the, different. The, the tough part is, whenever you're replacing yourself, you're never going to find yourself. No, to, ma- no matter what organization you're in, it, and, it's and you don't want to because you know? Judson Baptist Church today, uh, in transition, is not what it was 12 years ago. When mm-hmm. you know, when I when I came here with a sort of a single focused uh, vision, single minded vision, or whatever, we got such a broader vision, opportunity, you know, uh, all, all kind of stuff uh, happening here. And uh, the, one of the toughest things in transition, uh, and I started thinking about this two or three years ago about the transition. But one of the toughest things is to realize what I just said—that we're not the we're mm-hmm. not the place, you know. And I'm not going to take it to that next place. I'm I'm not it. Uh, that, that's you know I, I'm the supporter of it. I'm you know I kicked it off so to speak. I might be the coach of it or something like that. Well, I don't I don't even know how to think about it, but. But, you know, the two of you at the table here are going to implement all of this next vision. And, uh, I'm, I, you know, I'm excited about what it is, but I'm not part of it. I remember Doug Randlett saying to us as he was working through his own transition at Thomas Road, one of the difficult things was he found a guy he thought should replace him as executive pastor. And the guy was ready about two years yeah. before he was ready to step aside. Yeah. And I remember him telling us, I realized I either had to go fire him or I had to quit yeah. because we couldn't live in the tension of I had led him to where he needed to be and he was ready to lead. And I, and I thought, well, I mean, how, 
How interesting, because I had never thought about it from that kind of perspective before. So I want to ask Trevor this question. You're in the middle of this transition as a staff member and in many ways as an observer. I mean, you, you know, you, you didn't get a say in the fact that we kicked off the transition. Uh, you heard about it. You, you, you know, it was reported to you, what, a year or so ago. I forget exactly when the time. How, how did you feel about all that? It felt uh, I haven't you know I haven't been here very long, Gene, uh, about two years now, but it just felt obvious. You know, I f- it feels like maybe the the next transition, like if there is a transition, it should kind of feel obvious because it feels like the most natural, the the best way to go about it. And uh, with if, as we're talking about this, I was just curious as uh, for you two guys, um, who are your favorite leaders? Like, who are the leaders of your generation, maybe, or who's your favorite? I guess a specific question is, who's your favorite leader? Well, guys, in the in the you know in the world that I I live in, in the in the religious world that I live in, were guys that you know were a, a lap or two ahead of me on the track, and uh, they're all retired now. Some of them even passed away, but I watched them uh, go through the rigors of leadership. And when I would bring questions to them or whatever, they they always had this calm assurance about them to say, look. Uh, they never told me what to do, but they said, this is this is what's going to happen. You're going to go through this. You're going to be all right. And I really appreciate it that nobody uh, ever told me what, unless I specifically ask them. I remember guys like Ed Young uh, in, uh, not junior, but Ed Young in Houston, uh, who's qu- quite a bit older than I am. But I remember one time uh, sitting with him at a trustee meeting when I was on the Lifeway board with him. And I was, our church had kind of gotten stuck in a growth thing. And I remember he said, let's go to dinner. And we went to dinner and he said, he listened, listened. He said, here's what you ought to do. Pop, 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 pop. I went back and did every one of those things. And we, and we broke, we broke the log jam. So, so sometimes they could tell you technically what you needed to do, but most time they just said, no, 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 be patient or don't quit or, you know, don't let your emotions, you're emotional right now. Don't do this. And so those kind of leaders are great. When I was in business, it was a little bit different. Because the pr- the pressure of ministry is is uh, people and their lives and their growth and their marriages and their families and whatever the pressures of business is frankly business. You got to you got to turn a profit. You got to sell more stuff. You got to find out what the customer wants. You know, and a lot of those people I read I read about or listened to them uh, in conferences and whatever. Like you know, like the good to great guy and other mm-hmm. other people. Uh, uh, Bobby Clinton, as Robert Clinton, uh, uh, I totally agree with that. I mean, everybody who really is intentional about being a leader ought to understand that because he's got the phases of leadership down and and whatever. But uh, I think it's interesting that you said it felt obvious. Uh, That comes probably with building a lot of trust in our church here. Mm -hmm. So then when I announced it, nobody panicked and just said, oh. And I think when I said I'm not going anywhere – uh, there, there are a couple other dimensions of that, but what, what, what do you think when we announced it? Uh, how did you feel, Jeff, when, when you said, look, we're going to go through this? Tra-. I remember sitting with you years ago and said, look, I'm going to transition this church. Either you need to be in line and be considered or I need to, you need to leave and I need to go find somebody else. That, that was a hard conversation. I think I think what was, uh, you know, from, from our perspective, one of the things, and I was actually just – I was actually just sharing this with Pastor Jack uh, this week. We were talking about, uh, a, I guess it may have been that it may have been that conversation. So 2014, in the winter of the year, 
uh, I had just been through a lot personally, uh, medically. I mean, there's just so many things that were swirling around in our lives. And we sat down and had a conversation about the perspectives that we had about not I don't guess necessarily each other, but our own viewpoints. We who? Me and you. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and, it, and it had to do, I remember you saying something to the effect of, you know, when we talk about these things, you're almost like reactionary towards it and you step away. And my my feeling about that was, well, I feel like that's what I'm supposed to do. I shouldn't expect anything. And and we kind of begin to talk about our different perspectives. And I remember I was sharing with, with Pastor Jack uh, the, that one of the things we kind of talked about was that I never – I can't understand what it's like for you to be my dad, my pastor, and have been my boss. So there's a, a, a three-layer dimension of kind of – I mean, it's not mess, but it's messy. The lines yeah. are not clear. And yet, you know, you couldn't understand what it was like to be the employee – uh, and a son, and uh, you know the father of the chil- the grandchildren, and and, uh, and those lines were messy, and we kind of had to get to to where where we could talk about it, and I felt like that that conversation was instrumental, but it was hard, but it was good, and it probably needed to happen, and maybe couldn't have happened before, uh, because maybe I wasn't ready, uh, but but that that kind of began to help me because I felt I felt a lot of trepidation about it. The toughest you know. part for me as a leader, not only with uh, in regard to what you're saying about being, you know, the son, <clears throat> the employee, you know, and all that, but it's also true for you know Trevor. I mean, I've known Trevor, yep. known his family, have nothing but his, uh, you know, best interests in mind. But the one thing that I came to a long time ago was that I, I was I was on. I was on assignment here to Judson Baptist Church, and no matter what happened uh, with you, what happens with Trevor, whatever, my my loyalty and allegiance to the Lord is to serve this church well, mm-hmm. and and I couldn't make I couldn't let anything color that decision. What is best for Judson Baptist Church? Number one, it was best that we transition. You know, I just knew after a lot of prayer, a lot of thoughtful consideration, because you know I love strategizing, and that's one thing I've always loved to do. I love to climb the mountain, so to speak, and get all the details worked out uh, with a team. But, but, but sitting down with you, especially after you'd come through, you know, your, your medical issues and having almost to put that aside mm-hmm. and still focus on that, it's probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my life because I didn't feel like a very good dad at times. I didn't feel like a very good, uh, you know, person. But, but, but I knew we had to do it. And to ha- that, was a, that was a hard conversation but we had to do it, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, it was, you know, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the price and the, and the, and the burden of leadership to say, I got to put everything aside, what I want, what everybody, what's best for this organization under God mm-hmm. uh, that we're going to do. Uh, it was hard for me to get to the point where I wasn't going to be the next visionary you know, have the next dream for Judson. That was really tough. Mm-hmm. But what's best for Judson, you know? And so I just had, I just really had to do that. Uh, How long a process for you uh, do you feel like you've been in transition? I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'm asking that correctly, yeah, but I mean, it's in, in the terms of like, it wasn't a, we didn't come to this in a month. Yeah, so it took a while for you to get to a transition yeah. point. Well, it did. And I think it took about three years for me. But when I came here, uh, I was 54 years old. It was in uh, 
you know, it, it was in, uh, it was about the time for me to turn 55 years old and, uh, or 50, I was 55, I guess, and, and turned 56 years old. And I told the people, I said, in 10 years, we're going to revisit this. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was 55 in January of 2006 and in 10 years, we're going to revisit it. Well, nobody remembered that, you know, and you're just rocking along mm-hmm. and whatever. So as that started creeping up on me, uh, I realized I really need to revisit it. And so I uh, began to work on it, began to read about it, began to pray a lot about it, studied scripture, you know, uh, Elijah, Elisha, uh, Moses, Joshua, uh, you know, Paul, Timothy, uh, all of that, you know, I just, I just, you know, Jesus and the disciples, how do you do this? How did he do it? What's the spiritual underpinnings of this? Well, I, well, what you learned very quickly is Joshua wasn't at all like Moses, but they had a different task, mm-hmm. different vision. Uh, Elisha wasn't like Elijah, you know, different task, different vision. Uh, the, the, the judges weren't li- like each other. Uh, Paul's not like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, neither was John and Peter. Uh, Timothy wasn't like Paul. You know, Paul was kind of hard on him. Hey, we're not giving spirit of fear, but power and love sound mind. Well, you're talking to a young guy that's pastoring a very difficult church and uh, doing something Paul never had to do. And so I had to take that into consideration. Then I had to take consideration not only you, but the staff, because we, you know, we, we brought uh, Trevor and Brad and, you know, all this. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we gave you more and more responsibility to see if that, you know, was palatable. We talked about it with leaders in the church and whatever, but it was not easy. It's it's never easy. But I'll tell you the one key uh, for transitioning leadership is the guy who's transitioning uh, better have a vision of his life post whatever he's doing. Mm-hmm. Now, some guys you want to play golf. I get that. They want to you know they want to travel, get an RV and go across the world, and I mean across the continent and get on a plane, and go across the world. I get all that. I wasn't ready for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I didn't want to not do whatever the next stage was. And to me, it was going to be taking something that was probably either messed up or underdeveloped and applying whatever gifts I had without working like I did when I was 30. Hmm. You know, hopefully you're smarter than that. And it included preaching, preaching Hmm. and teaching. Mm Because that's just, you know, I just couldn't imagine not doing that. And yet... (laughs) Here's the tough part. The toughest part of that was one day saying the Lord to the Lord, look, I know it's right to transition Judson. Uh, we're going to go through the process. I trust the process. I trust the church. I trust the people. And Lord, if you don't want me to preach anymore, that's mm-hmm. it. That's yeah. the, that was the toughest day, <clears throat> excuse me, toughest day maybe, uh, maybe in my life when mm-hmm. I just said, if this is your will and I'm through, you know, I'm through. I get wow. it. Did that, did that feel uh, on par with leaving church life to go to Lifeway? It did. It felt yeah. just like a parallel. I cannot believe yeah. that I may be giving up my heart's desire. But once again, it's not about me, you know. It, that's not, folks, you know, that sounds pretty easy. And uh, if I'm coming off sounding like some hero, listen, I'm telling you, I still deal with that. And uh, that, that, that was so life-changing or life-altering. And I got your mother to deal with, and, and uh, you know, we're, we're a team. Mm-hmm. We, we didn't do this in isolation, but it was, it, was, uh, it, was pretty, it was pretty tough. Wow. Gene, I have a question for you. I know we're about to kind of wrap up here in a second, but 
Would you say that there's three steps kind of overall? I'm just kind of listening to this as I'm learning about transition even in this moment. Um, would you say that there's kind of three steps? One, you kind of need to know that you need to transition. You need to come to a realization that like this is something I need to do. Uh, you talked about another one, and I think it may be the third step of you need to see beyond beyond the transition for your own self. And then the third, maybe even the middle, the transition type period. How do you uh, how do you know that somebody needs to step into your position? You have to assume it the day you take leadership position, because your organization is changing, and one day it's going to change beyond your interest or your abilities, you know, your skills or whatever. It's just going to change. And you have to see your role as a leader. Now, I've always admired guys could stay at a church for 30 years and keep growing or whatever. Those are very rare birds uh, that can do that. A coach that can coach for 25 years in the same place or whatever, change with the times and whatever. Most leaders are just totally unable to do that. Mm -hmm. So you have to assume that when you go in. And what you do when you make that assumption is you just keep growing. You just keep growing and changing and, you know, uh, listing, you get younger people around you. You get you, you get all the information you can, and then one day uh, that just sort of goes by the wayside, and you say, "Okay, I, you know, I, I, I'm not I'm not here anymore." You have to watch your interest level too. I'm a fixer, and so uh, Judson was a little, in my view, a little messed up, and then people's view, and so once we fix that. It's my personality, it shows up in every personality test I've ever taken, that once I get on something, I will not quit until it's successful or until it's resolved. But then after that, you know, I've got to find something else. I've got to be another mountain to climb or whatever. And uh, that's a personality thing. So you have to know yourself. Yeah. You know, who, who are you? I'm not, a, I'm, I'm not a guy who can fix and maintain. I think maintaining is terrible. I think you fix something, you bring somebody in, and they get it. They they fix what you hadn't fixed, and they get it better, you know. And I think it's time to sort of move on down the road. It was like that in Lifeway for me. After ten years, uh, you know, I really struggled for the last three years I was there because I knew I needed to transition. I raised up two guys behind me to leave the choice to the president, who was at that time the president to choose between these two guys or go get somebody else if he wanted to. And these guys were trained and ready. They, you know, they, they, they were trained. Different guys, and, of course, the president chose one. So, so, so you do it. Then you start the process of transition when you get over that hump. It's got to be done, uh, whatever. And then you begin to trust the Lord to say, uh, you know, I've got something else for you. But it's sort of like, uh, it's sort of like when I was in college. And uh, I was going to seminary. I was lonely. I didn't have a I didn't have a girlfriend. I didn't have anybody I was dating or whatever. I remember praying about that and just finally coming to the point to say, you know, Lord, if you don't ever want me to get married or don't have anybody for me, if I'm to be a single guy or missionary or preacher or whatever, I'll do that. I don't understand it, but I'll do that. You just have to get to that point where you give that to the Lord and just take the risk. It's not easy, you know. It's kind of frightening, and uh, but it. But it typically works out. And, that's awesome. Uh, then that's, you then you transition. So cool. Listen, Judson Baptist Church is going to survive. Uh, if if I dropped dead today and we hadn't been through the transition, it would survive. We just want it to get better, and we've been afforded the opportunity with our people uh, to make it get you know to make it better. And uh, every one of you guys on staff are in transition. You know, we're trying to make you better for whether you're here. And grow into something here or whether you go somewhere else that you're better. 
Well, listen, we kind of talked about my transition and Jeff's transition and how it affected uh, Trevor, but I hope you uh, listening to the podcast can get a, get a feel for the tension, get a feel for you know the struggle that sometimes goes on. So what did we learn today? Let's start with Jeff. What did you learn today, Jeff? Well, I think just that it's, uh, it's always going to be tension-filled, and that's, that's not necessarily bad. Uh, that that sometimes we run from we run from rubs in our in our ministry or in our lives, and we don't like we don't like that, and uh, we we shouldn't be afraid of it. I like that, Trevor. Yeah, that's good. I um I guess for me where I am and just listening to you guys, it's have extreme uh, ownership in what you've been given now, because uh, if you don't if you can't own what you've been given now. Uh, for the greater good, for the group, and for everyone else around you, you're not going to be given any more later. Um, so own, have extreme ownership in what you do now, and help others around you own what they can, own what they have, own what they can carry, so that they can carry more. And and I don't know, that's just kind of simple on leadership, though. Well, uh, I learned to remember this in Colossians chapter one. Paul talks about uh, his ministry to the church, and he said, "I've been given this stewardship." And this ministry, it's all about the Lord. That's a stewardship. It's all about the people. That's the ministry. And if you hold what you do and what what you have lightly in stewardship and not in ownership, uh, it makes it easier. I learned from what Jeff said today about that tension. You know, tension is an invitation to faith. That's all tension mm-hmm. is. Trust me. Uh, that's what the Lord's saying. Look, I know you you don't see this through, but trust me. Well, listen, it's been great to be with you folks. And I uh, hope you'll communicate with us. You can always contact us here. Uh, at 204060podcast.com or on the Judson website, judsonbaptistchurch.com. If you have concerns, questions, you want us to chase something down on one of the podcasts, let us know. We love to be with you. We love the comments that you're giving us. And so God bless you and have a great day.